Our words tonight come from Luke chapter 5. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house, and there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others sitting at the table with them. And the Pharisees and the scribes were complaining to the disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call the right, not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And all of God's children said, Amen. Do you remember the time that you got your hand caught in the cookie jar? Maybe it was when you were a kid and you were actually getting a cookie out of the cookie jar. Maybe it was as an adult when you did something you probably shouldn't have done. Do you remember what happened each time? Some of these memories, I'm sure, that come up when I ask that question aren't necessarily pleasant ones. They may even be pretty painful ones. Ones we often play back in our minds over and over and over again, and it doesn't seem to matter whether it's yesterday or three years from yesterday. We continue to feel all the feelings, feel the pain, the difficulty with what happened. We allow ourselves to use those memories to end beat up on ourselves. As we come together to begin our Lenten journey, as we look to have ashes applied to our foreheads or our hand, as we partake of Holy Communion tonight, we are reminded that this journey is markedly different than any other journey in our Christian faith. It's different than the journey we had through Advent. It's different than the journey we had moving towards the manger. And in fact, this journey is a bit more subdued. It's more reflective. It's a time to quiet ourselves. We're going to sing a hymn later, Come and Find the Quiet Center, to quiet our lives. And most importantly, this journey is a time to ponder, to think. During Lent, we're asked to take an honest look at ourselves, to see who we truly are. And as we do this self-reflection, we recognize that it is only by God's grace that we are allowed to even see how truly introspective and how really we are in our lives. And when we do that, maybe we're like David and we cry out like he did in Psalm 51, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. The background for Psalm 51 comes out of 2 Samuel. And in that scripture, King David, often called a man after God's own heart, committed adultery with Bathsheba, with her husband Uriah, away at war. She became pregnant, and David had unsuccessfully tried to cover up his tracks. He got caught. But he gave the orders to have Uriah positioned to be killed in battle. 
In 1 Kings we read, David did what was right in the sight of the Lord and did not turn aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. 2 Samuel 12 says, The thing that David had done had displeased the Lord, and the Lord sent the prophet Nathan to David. Nathan tells David what seems to be an innocent story. In fact, David offers judgment over that story. And then Nathan reveals that God has sent him to hold David accountable for his sin. David pleads with God to have mercy based on his trusting in God's steadfast love. It's in David's belief in God's abundant mercy that he asks God to blot out all of his transgressions. The Hebrew word for steadfast love is hesed, which means God's loyalty, God's covenant, faithfulness, favor, graciousness. We ourselves would not pray prayers of penitential confession if we did not believe Forgiveness would come based on God's grace. In confessing his sin and guilt, David used a whole bunch of words in that psalm. Transgressions, iniquity or iniquity, sin, sinner, evil, guilty. David is so overwhelmed by what Nathan has shared with him, overwhelmed by his sin and guilt, that he uses every word he can think of to give an expression to his distress. Frederick II, who was an 18th century king in Prussia, was having an inspection tour of a prison, and he was greeted by the wails of many of the prisoners who fell on their knees as he started to walk towards them. They all protested their unjust imprisonment. They were pleading innocence. That's when the king noticed a solitary prisoner just sitting against the wall in the corner, not even anywhere near the bars. He was unmoved by the king being there. So the king said, why are you here? The man in the corner yelled, robbery, your majesty. Are you guilty, the king asked. Oh, yes, your majesty, I entirely deserve my punishment. Hearing the prisoner's honesty, Frederick called forth the jailer. He said, release this man at once. I will not have him kept in prison, corrupting all the fine, innocent people who occupy it. I know that story is a little ironic and a little amusing, but could this be a story that asks us to take a look at the illusions we create? The ones when we cover up our true self? The power of the Lenten journey in naming sin, in pondering our Need for God is an important one. Beginning with the Ashen Cross, it's a journey that takes us to the cross and beyond. Lent is our opportunity to say, yes, your majesty, I am guilty. I am lost in the wilderness of my own sin, and I am in need of redemption. We ponder this time of renewal as we look at this psalm, the Song of David, Recognizing our own brokenness, our own need for God's restorative mercy and grace. That affair and tragic cover-up being exposed. And now David has to ponder his own betrayal of God's community. What he did caused him to take what was not his. 
He also betrayed God's trust that God had put in his leadership. The psalm is a reflection of raw honesty. Because no one can hide from God. David hides nothing in his confession. And as you take a moment maybe later on this evening to look at it again, there is no bargaining chip. Not if you do this God, then I'll do this God. No cry of innocence from David. No excuse for what he did. We hear only a cry for God's mercy and God's forgiveness. Marked with the ashen cross, we begin our Lenten journey by putting our busy and distracted lives on pause. We ponder anew our relationship with God and with each other. David's heartfelt cry for mercy is our cry of confession as well. Renewal is the path home, the path to our true self, as God calls us, come home. We can discover once again a God who has love enough to free each and every one of us, no matter how far we think we've strayed, no matter how bad we have these illusions about what we've done and who we are, no matter the jail into which we've thrown ourselves, we hear with a motion of metal creaking the prison door opening for us. There's a legend out there which has since been disproved. So the story I'm about to tell you is just legend. It's not true, okay? But it helps put the point forward. It's a story that was put out there about Leonardo da Vinci, who was painting his masterpiece, The Last Supper. Maybe you heard this legend. But it helps teach us a powerful lesson. The legend begins by da Vinci seeing a young man in a choir whom he then selects as the character to sit for Jesus in the painting of The Last Supper. Pietri Bandinelli was reportedly his name. Pietri was chosen because of his humble and gentle spirit. In da Vinci's mind, this is how he imagined Jesus, and that's what he painted. He was known to start many projects, da Vinci was, and not always bringing them to completion. So the painting took quite a long time to be finished. He had only one character yet to paint, Judas Iscariot. He found his model on the streets of Rome, a man who matched his image of a betrayer with shoulders bent to the ground, an expression that was cold and rude. And at his sitting while da Vinci painted, the man seemed agitated. He looked around the studio and suddenly his expression turned to sadness. And da Vinci asked, why can't you sit still? What is wrong with you, man? The man walked over to the painting and pointed to the image of Jesus' face and said, these years have betrayed me, maestro. Look how much I've changed in 25 years. Today you chose me to model as Judas Iscariot, but years ago I, Pietro Bandinelli, was your model for Christ. This tragic but yet untrue story, this legend, is one of a lost life for the young man. And that became his season of Lent. The fact is there is a Pietri and a King David in all of us. And we have the mark of sin to prove it. We take time to offer our confession tonight, 
not to beat ourselves up anymore, but to allow God's grace to break the chains that bind us. Chains that keep us from being like Christ-like in Da Vinci's Last Supper. We can stand up straight because we've been forgiven, which then will allow us to let the light of Jesus shine in and through our broken lives. What a gift of grace that is to ponder, to think about. The next steps on our Lenten path focus on the chapter of Luke as we move through each Sunday in Lent. The great message will be of the lost being found. May this quiet journey, may this quiet journey, this journey of pause, this journey of pondering lead you into mercy, lead you to renewal of your faith, and a celebration once more being claimed and named by God as a child of God. As you live Lent, as a child of God, and as people of the resurrection, let us pray.